Hey everyone, welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Podcast. My name is Rithika, and I'm one of the current PGY1s. I'm thrilled to introduce our Intern Survival Series, in which we will discuss important topics and tips for our incoming interns. Starting intern year is very overwhelming at first, but this series is meant to teach our newest and brightest how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. That being said, let's discuss one of the most important activities in medicine and your intern year, sign-outs. Sign-outs are the transfer of patient care from one team, either the day or the short call team, to another, the night or the long call team. They're very important as patient care is a 24-hour process and these patients require supervision at all times. So when you're first starting off, sign-outs are one of the last things you'll do on day one, which will be daunting for both you and the night or long call intern for multiple reasons. First off, you're just beginning to learn your team, and if you're starting off on days, you won't be able to anticipate issues which will come up at night. Second, you'll likely want to err on the side of caution and share more information rather than less, which can be overwhelming to the night intern because they're going to cover 30 patients for the first time ever. But with the proper information, both you and the covering intern will have the appropriate tools to keep the patient safe and healthy by the time you come back to continue your work. So let's get into it. A really good sign-out is composed of the following three components. Number one, background information. Number two, continued care. And number three, troubleshooting. So going back to the background information, who is the patient and what should I look out for? This section should include an adequate summary of pertinent or relevant medical history, what the patient is here for, active issues in their hospitalization, and code status. Some examples of what you'd want to put here would be their baseline oxygen requirements, baseline mental status, any focal neurological deficits, if they're being anticoagulated, or if you're in the ICU, if the patients are on drips and pressors. It could also be helpful to include persistently active issues and responses throughout the day, so if the patient frequently went into AFib with RVR or if they became agitated. Continued care. This section should include follow-up tasks, and more importantly, it should include specificity and frequency of these tasks and who to contact if needed. And number three, troubleshooting. This section is where we discuss our if-or-then statements. This could include what to do when asked to follow up on a lab result. So, for example, if a patient's 6 p.m. H&H is less than 7 by 21, transfuse them. Or it can be instructions in the anticipation that a patient will develop new complications. For example, if you have a patient who is admitted for a CVA, you can tell the night team that if there are any changes in their mental status, get a STAT head CT. Your resident will always be there to help you to either anticipate these situations as the day team or manage them as the long haul or night team. You'll never be alone in navigating this part when starting off, which is a huge relief. Later on in this episode, we'll go into a few examples of a floor and an ICU signout to give you a better idea of what you're looking for. But before we get there, we should discuss things to avoid signing out to the night or long haul team, such as family updates, code status discussions, actively decompensating patients, which you should try your best to stabilize before you leave, any stat, lab, or test results such as an EKG, because it would be difficult for someone who just got signed out to call cardiology if the EKG showed ST elevations, and then specifically for the ICU, IV access. It's always best to make sure that your patients have central lines and A lines if required so that that's not left to the night team because things can get very busy during the shifts. And while we're on the topic of ICU sign-offs, they differ slightly from their floor counterparts because they tend to be more systematic and there are a few more things which should be included, such as the pressors the patient's on, any sedatives, analgesics, and their vent settings. And similarly, it's very important to include the patient's code status and which family to contact if the patient deteriorates 
This is especially true for patients who have been actively sick throughout the day and who the day team strongly anticipates will deteriorate overnight. So without further ado, let's get into some examples. The first one is going to be a floor sign out. John Smith, full code, six-year-old male, past medical history significant for HEFREF, EF of 35%, COPD on two liters baseline, and AFib on Eliquis, who is here for acute hypoxic respiratory failure secondary to CAHF exacerbation. His hospital course has been complicated by AFib with RVR, which is responsive to IV lopressor. So for his acute hypoxic respiratory failure, we currently have him on four liters nasal cannula, and he's receiving Lasix 80 BID. For his AFib with RVR, he's on Eliquis and metoprolol 25 BID. And for his COPD, we have him on Nebs PRN. Tasks for you to follow up on are BMP at 6 p.m. And you can replete potassium and mag if they're less than four and two respectively, and to follow up on cardiology recommendations. If the patient develops AFib with RVR, you can give Lopressor 5 if their systolic is greater than 90. The second example will be an ICU sign-out. So John Smith's full code, 54-year-old male, history of HEFREF, EF of 35%, COPD on 2 liters, and AFib on Eliquis, who was admitted for acute hypoxic respiratory failure secondary to COVID pneumonia. Hospital course complicated by AKI requiring of CRRT. So for neuro, we have him intubated and sedated on fentanyl and propofol. For resp, we have him on decadron. He's on volume control, FiO2, 70%, PEEP of 10. For cards, we have him on 0.02 levo and vaso and a heparin trip. And then on renal, we have him on CRRT, nephros following. So follow up on the 6 p.m. ABG. And if the PaO2 is less than 60, you can increase the FiO2 to 80%. If there are any issues with the CRRT, contact nephro immediately. And if the patient becomes agitated, increase their fentanyl before the propofol. So as you can tell, both signouts included pertinent background information, tasks of continued care, and troubleshooting in the event that a problem arises. With all the pertinent information and foresight, a proper signout is a great way to protect your patients from complications while you're at home resting. That being said, your resident will be present as you're giving and receiving signout for the first couple of months. So even if you miss anything, someone will be there to come in with the assist. That's all I have for you today. Stay curious and until next time.